Hello, hello. My name is Emily, and this is your creative break. For the second episode, I want to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome and the ways that it can show up in our creativity, but also our regular lives. And don't think it's limited to self-expression. I think a lot of us find in our careers that we feel the least prepared and the most outsider. But I want to bring up a couple examples from my life and uh, certainly a sense that we all experience this. And so nothing to keep to yourself, nothing to worry about. It truly is just part of growing into the next phase of whatever you're doing. If that's a creative pursuit, if that's part of your career, if that's a new role in your life, whether you've just become you know, a parent or dog parent, if you have started a new hobby, it's just part of it. Part of taking in a new piece of your identity is feeling like it doesn't belong to you. But especially in creative pursuits, whether that's fine arts like writing, dancing, music, visual arts, or something a little off the beaten path like event planning or architecture. It has a lot to do with whether you believe you're capable of fulfilling that role. So I'll start. My imposter syndrome absolutely comes from not feeling like what I do is valid. I'll give you an example. I have a book. (laughs) My very dear, beautiful friend was the editor of my poetry chapbook. And that could be the end of that sentence. But whenever I tell people about my book, I always follow that with, but my friend was the editor, so it doesn't really count. And it's a chapbook, so it's only 41 pages. And I devalue it sort of line by line. Like, here's this thing that I did that I'm really excited about, but here's all the reasons why it doesn't count. And if you find yourself doing that, it's really hard to stop. It's almost like your brain does it for you. It's a fill in the blank. I did X, Y, Z, but only because A, B, C. And A, B, C is so much more important than X, Y, Z. That was a complicated explanation. (laughs) Basically, you did something impressive that you are proud of, but for some reason, the details get in the way. So I don't have a solution for this because I do this to myself constantly. It's not something that I have overcome in any sense of the word, but I do have a few tricks few mind tricks to use in that moment to remind yourself how important those accomplishments are and sort of step away from the soapbox that is, I'm not good enough. Some of us are totally confident. I'm always amazed, especially in the author community. There are people who will shake my hand when back when we could shake hands shake my hand and immediately begin telling me about their book i'm a librarian so i do meet a lot of authors and they want us to add the book to the collection and they are the best self pr people i have 
ever, ever met. They are just astounding. Before I can even get their name, they're telling me about their characters, the plot arc, the way that they've interwoven real history, and they research the events in our genealogical center. Very impressive. I, I love authors like that, and I want to absorb some of that incredible confidence and that unwillingness not to belong. So I will say, I think imposter syndrome begins with a fear or a worry that we will not belong. We won't belong in whatever group we're trying to be part of. We won't belong in whatever category we're trying to achieve. So to stick with my author example, if you want to be a published author and you become a published author, that's it. You're a published author. There's no, well, actually. When we start to do that, when we start to undercut ourselves, we reveal so much of the details that are unnecessary. If you were to talk to somebody who isn't in the publishing industry, it wouldn't matter. You have a book. Full stop. Period at the end of that sentence. That's all. And some of us really do take great care to remind everyone around us that we're not that amazing but i have news for you whatever it is you're doing you're amazing so cut that out this applies to everything i have met designers who you know didn't go to a school that they felt was valid enough and so they'll undercut themselves i have met People who are self-taught, oh, this happens so often in the self-taught community. Just brilliant, brilliant people who have done a more difficult task, I think, in some cases than those of us that went to a traditional school or a traditional training in an art form. They learned themselves. They had the big, wide old internet that had every little thing and every single distraction and continued to teach themselves something that they just wanted to learn. I envy that so much, but a lot of people who are self-taught, uh, the word is autodidact, if you are really uh, into the thesaurus culture, autodidact, self-taught. Those of us that are self-taught in different disciplines or you know, have done some education outside of what is our institutions, there's always this, I don't even know how to describe it, like... A little footnote on the end of that, but I didn't get an MFA, but I don't have my master's degree, but I didn't take any classes on this, or I don't have this background, or I haven't been to this conference, whatever it is. Um, it's hard to hear that because I think we don't jump to that conclusion. And people who are worried that they're going to gain more respect from these quote-unquote fake credentials are really just worried about whether they deserve to belong. So let's unpack that. Imposter syndrome. Not feeling like you belong. Doing the work that makes you an authentic and real part of a group or a community or having reached a threshold that qualifies you for some reason is the belonging it's just you 
not really sure if your creativity counts. I don't know where this comes from and I can't give you a definitive answer. I think for me, you know, there was always somebody better, smarter, more talented. It came to them easier. And I think, you know, comparison is so toxic. But I also think it comes from this moving threshold of success. So when you first start, anything. I mean, this podcast, this is my second episode. So look at that. The bar has already been moved. I did one. I'm doing another one. Now the third one. And, you know, in a couple months, I'll be like, well, I don't really have a real podcast because I don't have a hundred episodes, but I'll be wherever I'm supposed to be. It's like that with every project, especially something that reoccurs or is a really long-term investment in your learning or your you know, creative output, it takes time and racing there doesn't make it more successful or more valid. So I try and think of a couple things when I feel like a true and genuine imposter. The first is I go back in time. I go back in time about five years um i'm 31 so five years for me has been a lot of movement and change so for you you may go back two years you may go back 10 years you may go back two months whatever it is that you feel is the right amount of time for me i go back to when i was about 25 26 and i was just getting into my library school degree and I was just sort of starting to get into poetry and I I got rejected from an MFA program more on that later <laughs> but I my ego was so bruised and I didn't feel like I belonged and I look back at that person who was a little bit lost and so defeated and I sort of ask her what would have been what I wanted and I make a little list I ask my 25 26 year old self what I wanted and a lot of those things on the list I have done I've done them when I was doing them they didn't feel like a big deal Some of them were annoying and sort of a burden and tedious and I wanted them to be over. But that version of me that was so hopeful and sad and confused about how I get from point A to point B wanted those things. And in the time between her and me, I did them. And looking back it's so easy to discount them because when I did get my book published, yeah, my friend helped me along the way. Was I more fortunate in that? Absolutely. She is an excellent editor. But, you know, there were other people that she knew that might not have gotten a book. I mean, she didn't just pick me because we have a good time together. She had to answer to the publisher about why she picked me. 
and we had to work through that process together and I had to get real honest with some of my work and go through a lot of growing and cut some of my favorite poems and work through that like that was a complicated process but it was also easier than I thought it would be or maybe I should say less impossible nothing's easy right but it was less impossible than I thought it might be and so therefore it doesn't count it just isn't always a straight line. Success takes a winding path, but when we look back, it's exactly the way that it happened. Couldn't have happened another way. I'm not as impressive as I seem. And so if you ever find yourself saying that to yourself or undercutting your achievements or telling people all the reasons why what you created doesn't count. It's really important to ask yourself, what did I want? Did I get it? Did I do those things? And give yourself a minute to just be really proud of yourself from the perspective of however long you want to go back. 25-year-old me would kill to be me right now. Think about that. What age of you would have killed to be you right now? You're not an imposter. The second thing I like to do when I feel like I am not accomplished enough or I find myself really undercutting my own success so that I seem less valid in a group or I don't quite qualify for the thing that I had wanted for myself. I just list out those things that I did. So list them out. Write them down. Say them to yourself. Type them in your phone. If you're working towards something, and you have accomplished milestones that you wanted to accomplish, write them down. One thing, two things, 50 things. If it's 50 things, you should not feel like an imposter and this is not a podcast for you. Move along. Just kidding, you can stay. But if it's 50 things and you still feel like an imposter, you should really take a look at that list. I know so many people who are so accomplished, who I would do anything to live a day in their life and they don't feel like they matter or belong. It's all about perspective. I think back to those authors that are so confident, nothing can shake them. You don't want my book? You're a loss. I want to embody that. I want to drink that with my coffee. I want to feel that confident. I don't know if I will. (laughs) I don't know if my little tricks are that powerful. But I will say this. If you let yourself celebrate what you have done to get to where you are, maybe they're not even accomplishments. 
maybe you just showed up to a meetup and you met some really cool people and now you have artsy friends who are gonna help you grow. That's awesome too. Maybe you are looking for inspiration and you went to a gallery or a museum or a park or somewhere that drove you to a new mental space that now you can use to create. That's an accomplishment too. Working on your creativity is not always work. It takes many, many forms. But just because you haven't created in a couple months or years, just because you don't have a book or a gallery or work that you have sold for the amount of money you think it's worth does not mean that you don't belong. You do belong. And here's a little pro tip. If anybody makes you feel like you don't, it's because they feel like they don't. The people who are the most exclusive, clicky, not interested in creating more growth in their communities or inviting people in or mentoring people, they're also suffering from deep, deep imposter syndrome. Even if they finally feel like they belong for all the reasons that they think they belong, that's such a rigid mindset that they're scared to lose that qualification. So be kind to them. They need it. I think a big part of this process, validating ourselves, accepting how awesome we are, looking to the future to accomplish new things without undercutting the things that you have done before, all that is really about accepting that what you make and how you make it is absolutely enough. You have no one to answer to but yourself. And if you're kind of mean to yourself, then you don't have to answer yourself either. You just have to do the thing that brings you joy. Create. Make something no one else can make. And I'm not just talking about art. You could be creative in the way you raise your children, the way you teach people, the way you care for your garden, the way you care for this planet. Creativity is not limited to the fine arts. and Don't let anybody tell you it is. You're not an imposter. You're just wearing shoes that are a little bit too big for you. And walking in them is awkward. But once you get the hang of it, it's going to be a breeze. And you are going to actually forget how weird it was to not feel like you were part of whatever it is you're trying to be part of. It's hard. You have to work at it every day. But you are part of something important. You are an important part of something important. And that matters. Your creativity, your art, your outputs, your successes, your failures, all are important. No one is an imposter. Though, side note, I love that game. 
but no one is an imposter. That would be ridiculous. We're all at the exact level that we are. And that's all that we are. It's not about what you make. It's what you make of it. Thanks for listening. This has been a creative break. Whether you took a break, you had a breakthrough, or you want to break something, I'm with you. Go make something crazy.